Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on our live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. It is Mark with you. And Derek J. And Adam Kogesh. And you can call in and participate uh, with us by calling 855-450-3733. Or you can participate on the website at freetalklive.com by, you know, linking to blog posts or stories that you think are important. Other people can... Vote on your submission. You can vote on theirs. Vote them up. Vote them down. Comment. That kind of thing. Anything you want to do. At freetalklive.com. Guys, um, you know, the, the, the great Republican debate was last night. <gasps> One of, what, what what are we at now? Six or seven of them? And I guess we have to uh, spend a little time talking about it. But, but Mark, this was the Tea Party debate. That's right. It's special. <laughs> at the Tea Party debate, Ron Paul gets some booze for suggesting that uh, <laughs> maybe we lower our tax burden by getting out of some of these dumb countries. Um, let's go first to Steve in Seattle. Steve? Hey there. Uh, it's not the subject you wanted to talk about, but I, right. I wanted to mention this. Uh, uh, several years ago... Um, I was kicked out of a group called Atheists of Florida. Uh, I'm an atheist, and it's not a big part of my life, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not quiet about it if, if asked, but I don't volunteer it if I'm not asked. But uh, That's got to be a hard group to get kicked out of. Yeah, well, <laughs> will you hear why? Um, uh, they had a governor down there, Chris, Charlie Crist, and uh, he was apparently at a campaign stop for his re-election campaign. And uh, despite the fact that there was people there and, and media, uh, this one single atheist member of this, uh, this group, Atheists of Florida, um, claimed that Chris assaulted him by ripping a button that said atheist. He had a button on his shirt that said atheist. Ripped it off his shirt and then insulted all atheists saying, I forget the exact words, but, you know, we're all stupid and going to hell or something like that. I don't I love that. I, I bet you were offended by the thought that you might go to hell. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing is, is that they I was on their mailing list and I had attended a couple of their meetups that they, they had had. And um, oh, Satan they, has a mailing list. What's that? Satan <laughs> has a mailing list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and. And they sent out a, a, a call to arms, basically, oh, we need to start a letter-writing campaign, we're going to look into legal action, uh, we're going to alert the media about this, Charlie Chris is the bigot, and all this. And so I started saying, uh, maybe I'm too much of a libertarian, I, I want evidence. And so I started sending out, you know, when, when you're on these mailing lists, if you hit reply, everybody receives it, right? So I started saying, well, you know, I, I didn't see this, any blogger report this, I didn't see this in any media, there were people there. How come that there's utter silence except for this one guy who says it happened? Uh, how come nobody else has mentioned this? Right. It's, it so does that, sound like and, kind of an unlikely contrived story. I mean, politicians yeah. are evil, violent extremists by and large, but they're not, not dumb enough. Out dealing with the public. Right. right. They, even, I yeah, they, they know they yeah. need atheist votes, too. I, and I mentioned that. And I said, why would a politician, who the job of a politician is to try to make everybody happy, why would a politician do that? Um, and and I, I made a few of these points. Well, next thing you know, there was uh, dead silence. And I 
later found out because I got removed from their mailing list. And then I got a three-page email from one of the, the head honchos of this organization uh, officially kicking me out, telling me I'm not invited to return to their little meetup things, and telling me that I'm obviously a Christian infiltrator. Oh. Trying to, yeah, yeah. Just because you wanted evidence? Division, <laughs> yeah, trying to cause division in their ranks. And furthermore, they had plugged my email into Facebook, and they found my Facebook page, and they said that I was a traitor and a capitalist. I see. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You know, I have uh, I I felt oftentimes that these uh, you know the the particularly verbose uh, atheists often have this kind of complex where they they want problems and they want to create problems where they yes there are none and you know I I think that it's it's one thing to um, to make a kid stand up and pledge allegiance to a flag and to God and all that stuff it's another thing entirely to uh, to you know call your town Las Cruces from you know two hundred years ago and like maybe you know maybe there's a middle ground to be had here uh, but. I think that that likely that atheist organization um, either didn't get anywhere with it or they were made fools of because I haven't heard anything about this story. And the public's reaction would have been about what yours was. Yeah, it was. I think it was total poppycock. And I, I, I felt like writing and I, I, I just ignored him and I felt like I should write him back and say, what am I a traitor to? Atheism? America? And in what sense is being for free markets, let's say it that way, in what sense is that at all contrary to being an atheist? And and I agree, Mark. Yeah, you're right. It's like they're it's like they can't wait to be offended. That's what their whole thing is. They yeah. can't wait to be offended about something. Well, if so, if, and I, I'm not like that. I, you know, atheism is not important in my life, so I didn't really fight it too much. <laughs> Well, it sounds like uh, evidence is pretty important to your life, Steve, and I'm really glad that you had the courage to bring it up to the group. Was the person who made the accusation one of the favored among the group? Yeah, he was like their uh, uh, he was cult leader. He he called himself a journalist. I I think that he was a journalist in the sense that like a blogger is a journalist. Mm-hmm. So he was like their media relations guy. Basically, he was going to try the whole idea of him showing up in this campaign spot was to sort of ask some, ask uh, this uh, Charlie Chris some questions and try to get him to make some outrageous statement about atheists. And what I think happened is when this didn't happen, when it didn't uh, materialize like he thought it was going to happen, he thought, well, I'll just make it up from whole cloth. That's what I think happened. Could very well be. You know, I mean, I... I, I would be interested in what some politicians would have to say regarding atheism. Um, as I understand, uh, you know, p- Americans would be more likely to elect a Muslim than they would to be <laughs> elect an atheist yeah, to sure. a political office. And even though politicians mostly don't, I mean, most of them, you don't know much about their church going activities and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, so why is it that big of a deal? I mean, clearly Clinton didn't spend that much time in church. I, mean, I haven't heard anything about Obama going to church ever since he ran. I mean, they made a big deal about what church he went um, to prior to getting into the office, but I don't know anything about what church he's going to now. Uh, these right. politicians and their their church going doesn't really seem to matter much. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. And then you guys were got, you opened up the show. You were going to talk about the debate last night. Well. Um, I'm I'm a uh, admin on a fa- again Facebook a Facebook page called uh, I bet Ludwig von Mises can get more fans than John Maynard Keynes. It's a long clumsy 
title, but it's got a lot of fans. Like You're the guy behind that one. <laughs> awesome. One of them, yeah, there's like eight of us. Uh, and and uh, they they were having a sort of a running thing going about, uh, like a running thread on during the debate last night. And somebody said, well, I can't vote for anybody uh, like Ron Paul or Rick Perry, who's a creationist. And I've made the comment, listen, man, you know, Rick Perry believes in government solutions to personal, social, and economic problems. Uh, and, and to me, I don't give a crap if he's a creationist or what he believes in terms of that. That's absolutely irrelevant. It's I mean, like the great you know, libertarian conspiracy to take over the world and leave everyone alone. Who do you care? <laughs> why, why do you care who's in charge at that point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't give a crap if Ron Paul believes in every single word of Genesis. Is, is the absolute literal truth. The man believes in freedom, and to me, that's what's important. Atheism not, is not important. Liberty is. That's here, here. my bottom line on that. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny to hear people get on this uh, one particular issue as to why they couldn't possibly uh, vote for this person or that, especially when it comes to, to president. I mean, mostly their job is foreign policy. I mean, they get ba- blamed right. for the economy, and there's no doubt that there's some effect, but mostly um you know what the president is is like the bull rider trying to stay on for eight seconds <laughs> you know, I mean, eight years eight years i mean that's essentially what it comes down to i mean the president doesn't have nearly the effect on the economy that the congress does frankly and and uh, you know i'll say that the president can wrangle congress a bit but mostly foreign policy is uh, is what a president does how about the right, government exactly. doesn't have the same effect of the economy as the free, voluntary actors in it? That much is here, true, here. too. Yep. Thanks very much, Steve. You know, if you uh, if, if Democrats really wanted to act Democratic, they would switch party to Republican and vote for Ron Paul because he can really have an effect on foreign policy, and he has foreign policy they like. Free Talk Ooh. Live, 855-450-FREE. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live with Mark and Derek J and Adam Goga. So um, we were, you know, uh, Adam. We were talking about the, uh, the the Republican debate prior to the show coming on, and uh, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts. Well, it, it's good to be able to cover the debates and 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 only cover and really reduce it to what the important change in dynamic is, because basically these are infomercials that go on and on and on and they get really boring right. and you feel dumber for having watched at the end of them <laughs> so that's why there's it's great to have a show like free talk live where we can we can just go over this and put it in proper context and really cover what came out of it as news and, and there wasn't a whole lot although it's nice to see that my my prediction about rick perry is 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 roughly holding true that he was kind of What's a that? flash in the pan candidate that it was the Ooh, Texas governor effect with the Republican base, and that's all it was. Okay, I don't know. That's the impression I had for a while, but I thought that was still with him. You're not you. Disagree? Well, no, no. My my point is that it. Oh, it's still with him, but it's fading fast. Okay. And that was my point is that when he announced that there would be, I, I didn't predict that he would be the front runner, but that, that he would, if he, if he came in, he he would be well received with the ooh Texas governor effect. 
And then as soon as people looked at his record and were like, oh, forced vaccinations used to campaign for Al Gore. Ew. Like that was going to go away really fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the if, if if the forced vaccinations don't get you. And the fact is that um, you yeah. know, the if. audience was split, right? But Michelle Bachman was going after him like a pit bull on this forced vaccination thing, you know. And, and frankly, I think Michelle Bachman was the winner of the entire event. Um, but, you know, the... Uh, you know, he had she was after him and after him and after him on this one. And a lot of the audience was with her, uh, you know, lots of clapping. And then he'd make some good point and they'd clap back and that kind of thing. But if the forced vaccinations don't get you, likely the campaigning for Al Gore will. Yeah, he's got something for everybody in the Republican base to to to, to hate him. So but, but here's the here. I want to share this. Here's a quote from Bachman. Uh, about the attack to have innocent little 12 year old girls be forced to have a government injection through an executive order is just wrong little girls who have a negative reaction to this potentially dangerous drug don't get a mulligan so i mean a nice golf you know elitist sort of i don't know maybe maybe a reference right oh you you golfer governor types you know whatever i don't know what if if there was some deliberate insinuation there but it was clever and uh as she also she went on there was a big drug company that made millions of dollars because of this mandate the governor's former chief of staff was the chief lobbyist for this drug company now that's now, suspicious yep now perry has apologized for this but it hasn't come care. out right no he never came out and said because i respect health freedom or because i respect your right to not have the government forcibly insert something into your body or your daughter's body like that didn't no that 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 wasn't it i'm really sorry that this went so poorly for me yes exactly (laughs) that's basically his take so here's what he sees he said at the end of the day this was about trying to stop a cancer a hypothetical cancer in all oh, okay. the 12 year old girls in Texas, right? Yeah. Well, one's got to say that um, the HPV, the human pamplomavirus, is certainly, I mean, a lot of people get it, and it can cause cervical cancer. Mostly it doesn't. No, this is the, this is the, the, the one that like 80% of the population has already. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we get a if doctor to call in and, people, and put this. In. Yeah, exactly. And it's the kind of thing like apparently even I, I don't know how how much we want to get into the sexual nature of this, but as long as it's clinical, you can talk about anything you want. I, I mean, it's the kind of thing that I think even even protected sex with a condom doesn't quite prevent because there's so that there's that physical contact. You can wear say. a condom and and still Not a doctor. Okay, maybe maybe <laughs> but, we can get a doctor to come and put this in context for us again. Yeah, but here's, please call but in. The, <laughs> so you've got to be really vigilant on this HPV thing because the fact is that it. I, I mean, you're you're talking about seventy five percent of the the, uh, the United States has it. So yes, I mean. You know, condom wearing is always a good idea. I'm never going to suggest that it's not, but, I, I, you know, it is everywhere. But this isn't something they're trying to treat like polio, right? This is this is something that they're trying to phase Relatively out. Relatively speaking, over the yeah, it's, an, it's a nuisance of a disease. It's not like, you know, it's you've got cancer, AIDS. Mm. Right. The, the and, then, and, and, then Lou, and then there's a few more. And then Lou Gehrig's disease. And then. Yeah, it's like right and above then, lockjaw and then or something, yeah, right? Like or it's, it's scurvy. Not such a big deal. It's like yeah, it's between okay. lockjaw and scurvy <laughs> on like priorities. I, 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 maybe I'm downplaying this, but I, but it, it, like I said, a doctor could put it exactly in the ranking. But it's it's relatively low. So it he has, has advantages to getting there. There are advantages to getting this vaccine and disadvantages to getting the vaccine. And um, but to this this whole opt out thing with vaccines really bothers me. This as is opposed to, to opt in. This is um, social engineering. 
at its very best. What, one can make the argument that in a public school that we don't want to have uh, kids that haven't had the chicken pox vaccine because they're around other kids. But unless they're humping in the hallways... <laughs> They're not <laughs> spreading HPV to each other. Well, I, I guess I guess now, I'm not saying it's never happened. <laughs> maybe maybe in, in in Texas they've decided to give up on the abstinence preaching and, and say we're, I doubt we're just going to inoculate our girls at 12 and tell them to have fun. Maybe that was Perry's. I don't know. I, I don't not. think that was in the campaign, but maybe it was like after the law got approved. That was going to be his next. That would have made uh, the top of Michelle Bachman's head shoot off, <laughs> flip over two times and fall back down. I and mean, if debate, if, if things like that, that happened, I'd be watching more of these yeah. debates. But there were there were two other responses from Perry that, that I just have to share here. OK, he said, at the end of the day, I am always going to err on the side of life. Oh, okay. Rather than freedom, of course. Well, also, um, the dangerous part of life, uh, you know, choosing people, you know, this public safety over freedom is one thing, but... I'll bet he's not going to choose life when you're talking about bringing home the troops from 131 nations. Heaven right. forbid. All right, we got one more quote here, one more, because uh, there was, you know, there, there have been lots of insinuations about this, about the financial incentive, you know, Rick Perry being uh, associated with Merck, having in, the drug company that was going to be making this vaccine, um, his, you know, staff member, lobbyist, uh, whether he had shares in the company or through a mutual fund, you know, I mean, th- think kind of things like that. This whole um, lobbyist politician thing is just so disgusting to me. I mean, I understand why you shouldn't, politicians should be able to hire lobbyists. Um, if, if you're either a lobbyist or you're a politician, um, you're in the political class, as far as I'm concerned. This switching back and forth is disgusting business. Well, here's the thing about him trying to play this off. Here, this is the. I raised $30 million, and if you're saying I can be bought for $5,000, I'm offended. So right. Said, so you may call me a whore, but I am not a Madam, cheap whore. I am not a cheap whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And, and Bachman and had a retort. And sound truly... <laughs> Offended um, when when he said it because I was I was watching this and he, you know just he, he just sounded like this is well this is what they told me to say <laughs> wow five thousand dollars is all I got which isn't that much I am not impressed by the amount of money that he got out of the deal what I am impressed by is look you're it, you are uh, always swayed by the people uh, whom you surround yourself with that always happens this guy is was a lobbyist for this drug company and you had him on your staff so of course you were swayed by him and it may not be about the money for you but it's darn sure about the money for him you know, I want to I want to find some hope in this story. Actually, if I may, just to, to end I'd this on a positive. It. Yeah, no, I do because yeah, Bachman. This is this is Michelle Bachman, suddenly a champion of health freedom, saying, "I'm offended for all the little girls and parents who didn't have a choice." Now, if only we can get her to stick to that the, the principles behind that statement, we we might have someone. Okay, never mind. I, w- I would love to see her stick <laughs> no. to the choice aspect. <laughs> well. It wasn't in this case. You actually did have a choice if you paid attention, but um, you know that wouldn't really make make a difference if you sent your kid to school. They got the vaccine the and it killed them, right. and it does. I mean, you know, there's there are reactions to these vaccines. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. This your family today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. 
For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. You can get archives going back as far as two thousand and six for free at archives.freetalklive.com. We've got shows in their entirety, completely free for you, going back for more than five years at archives.freetalklive.com. It's Mark and Derek J and Adam Coker, and we were uh, talking about the, uh, you know, the the debate last night, and Gardasil came up. And as interesting it is to hear a uh, completely misinformed uh, talk show host talk about <laughs> medicine, um, you know, we've got a somebody who claims to be a doctor on the line, Doctor Jones in British Columbia. Doctor Jones, yes, hello. I hate to disappoint you, but my my doctorates are in law and in political science, but I have been researching <laughs> vaccines. This is my, I'm looking at the politics of vaccines and all this. And actually, I lived in Texas in, in uh, 2007 when Perry was recommending this. And just to, to remind people, the, then I guess, you know, the, the head of the whatever health board in Texas, he was advocating, he, uh, a black man actually was advocating that yes, you know, all girls get this as early as age nine. And when he was in front of the committee in the Texas legislature, they simply asked him one question. They said, well, you have a daughter who's 16. Has she already been injected? And he kind of hummed and hawed and said, well, no. <laughs> and that, boom, the bill died right away because, yeah, there was no, you know, there was, put your money where your mouth is, and the guy wouldn't inject his own child. Now, This is one, one of the things, by the way, about vaccines that really kind of bug me, um, is that, so you're you're talking about like polio's terrible, right? No, no doubt. Nobody wants to get polio, but people have adverse reactions. Some people have adverse reactions to vaccines. I know I've had an adverse reaction to a vaccine. Some people those adverse reactions kill them, uh, and you know sometimes it, there's brain damage. You, you never know, and it's, the chances aren't high, but the chances of getting polio in the United States are well, remarkably well, low too. Yeah. Now, ironically, again, and anyone can go check this, the CDC has a weekly morbidity and mortality report. It's called MMWR, Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Reports. And in 1991, it's online, the CDC actually did a a report of just the the, uh, tetanus and pertussis shot alone, okay? And it, it says in there, in one in five times, one in five times, not a one in five children, but one in five injections will result in anorexia in the person injected. Now, remember, this is recommended and was recommended at that time for two-month-old children. So there are an awful lot of boys I've seen uh, in the past years because I've been teaching, my wife's been teaching, we've we've worked with a lot of little kids, a lot of boys who are really thin, really underweight, no appetite, and, of course, you know, you're talking about your effects of vaccines, and, of course, I was affected by vaccines too, but the kids now are getting many more vaccines much earlier. So, um, but again, going back to Gardasil, in fact, the manufacturer, the woman who helped design it for Merck, she said she never thought it was intended for uh, children. It was only intended for women in the later years, you know, over 40, after childbearing years. Uh, Moreover, uh, estimates show that almost 80% of all women have HPV at one time in their life. And I think one of you all said, yes, people get it all the time. And in fact, like any other virus, your body fights it off. And they have no problem. So many times women will have a what's called a, um, an irregular pap smear, which means they have either precancerous cells or something, you know, HPV-affected cells. 
and they'll go back six months later when they're healthier, when they've had more sun, when they're not as stressed, and in fact, they have a normal pap smear. So um, the claim of Gardasil as having a benefit, you know, is, is really slight. Moreover, you have to remember, if you read the insert, it says it only fights or kills four strains of the 20 known uh, uh, viruses that can call, lead to what they claim to be a cervical cancer. So by definition, when you wipe out the, those four, you strengthen the other 16 and you increase the probability of their living. So That's uh, apparently the types, types 6, 11, 16, and 18, apparently, according uh, to yeah, this. Right. They only, right. They only say they, they get four. But now, like, I don't know how many strains there are. But Mark, Mark like is 50? just... Yeah. just I, think, I think at this point we need to put out a little disclaimer. Uh, Mark also is not a doctor, but sometimes he plays one on the radio. I, I just look at the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's right. And moreover, the important thing is, you know, we really don't have good evidence showing the eff- efficacy of any vaccines. Again, I'm doing research right now going into looking at cases starting back in the 1800s all the way up through now, you know, this, uh, various court cases, a uh, state court, federal court. And over and over, you know, this claim was, well, better safe than sorry. Well, some doctors said this would be good. But in fact, there were always doctors, even in the 1800s, saying, you know, these vaccines are dangerous. We don't know if they work. The claim is this is to stop smallpox. Almost all the cases were about smallpox vaccine. But in, in, in fact, it's very difficult to tell the difference between smallpox and chickenpox and, uh, you know, um, other similar ailments. Except so for the dying fact, part. <laughs> well, well, now that's actually quite interesting because if you well, die, it was probably smallpox. Smallpox. Well, actually, there are two strains of smallpox, and the reason why anyone would die most probably from smallpox, especially back a hundred years ago or fifty years ago, would be from fever that could not be controlled. And ironically, of course, fever can be controlled with vitamin D. So when my daughter had chickenpox, she's never been vaccinated. We lived in Bosnia. She got chickenpox from other kids at the at the, at the preschool there, and uh, she had a fever of up to about 104. I gave her vitamin D, brought the fever down. And, in fact, there's, you know, that's the only, you know, you could have dehydration, you could have high fever, but you don't get anything else. And, again, going back to the CDC reports, they say, yes, if you look at just the DTaP, you know, the, the tetanus, uh, diphtheria, and pertussis, the whooping cough, supposed virus, and, and, and tetanus, they said, yes, you get swelling of the brain like one in 20 times. It, it, it's not like it's a chance, a slight chance you could maybe get a serious injury from vaccine. It's it's pretty well understood. It's going to happen, and so um, you know you, you really have to think about it. I mean, I I know you guys do a good job and you like to say a lot of things, but to turn around and say, well, there must be some benefit from vaccines, uh, that's a stretch, and and that's what's being claimed See, all the time Dr. by the Jones, manufacturers. This is, um, but the problem is, is that there's there's scientific evidence out there that the the vaccines, um, you know, do some of the things that they say that they do. No. No, well, no, that's not true. That's I, I, not I, true. You, you, I've, you, I've read these things the best I can read them, and this is the problem. Wait a second. Before you start, wait, wait. I've let you. You've had the freaking soapbox for five minutes. God, hold on. So I've done the best research that I can do as a layman, and what I'm telling you is it really comes down to who are you going to listen to. And this is the same on a lot of issues on the Internet. Uh, do I believe 9-11 was an inside job or don't I? Well, it be- 
depends on who you decide to believe when finally the rubber hits the road, which expert you want to believe. Because not everybody well, can be a doctor. Not everybody can figure these things out. And I, I got to say, I think vaccines probably do what they uh, are said they do, but uh, said they do. But the really disturbing thing about them is that you can't sue these people. So that's not that does not put up a good market incentive right. in but, place. To serve your customers. I've chosen not to vaccinate my child. Why? Because I don't know. And the the Hippocratic Oath says to do no harm. First, do no harm. So I decided, okay, first, I'll do no harm. Because I know that vaccines can cause reactions. I know that people can be allergic to them. I know that I was allergic to a vaccine. Therefore, my son is more likely to be allergic to a vaccine. I will err on that side. But I can understand why parents choose to do the other. I just am afraid of doctors and politicians that want to say things like, well, this is better for the herd. It's okay if we kill off a few as long as we protect the herd. I think there's there's, there's more yeah. to it. I want to throw this out because I really want to see what the listeners think about this. Because I think there's a, a, a different attitude, a kind of an elitist thing. Like, was Rick Perry going to have any of his daughters vaccinated? Like you said, this guy who was making the case They're before not the Texas school. legislature. Yeah. It's, we think diseases are icky, and we don't want any of us or our family to get diseases. So we want to inoculate everybody else, sterilize the rest of the population. You yeah. guys get vaccinated so we don't have get to worry. Dirty, dirty we can be safe. Ploy, right, yeah. exactly. That, that, Right. Sorry, Dr. Jones. Look, I can conclude. Sure. Can I make just two quick points and then I'll, I'll let you guys go. But look, if you can find and announce, and I listen to your show, you find me a peer-reviewed article that shows how whatever vaccine made somehow, in fact, prevents that bug from affecting people with disease, find it. As late as go to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. They'd love to talk to you about it. Appreciate the call, Dr. Jones. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Tuesday night edition of Free Talk Live. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney in the four CD courses so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Visit Jurisdictionary.com. Download the free tools they have there for you, the free legal flowchart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters. Use the free legal dictionary. Watch the free videos. Buy the course. Jurisdictionary.com. Remember, when you, pull, when you use the pull-down menu, when you check out, let them know that you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. I wouldn't go to court without it. Jurisdictionary.com. So um, we were 
uh, talking about uh, well the Republican debate and then, then the uh, vaccine thing came up and you know I I don't I don't want to d- d- descend into the vaccine debate because there are, I think good arguments to be had on both sides of this and I think everybody has to kind of come to their own conclusion but I think that what the important thing is is that people really do get to make their own decisions and. Mostly people don't get to make their own decisions in this area. When it says, well, you got to have these vaccines to come to public school, then that's hardly an opt out. Well, you said you had a bad vaccine experience yourself. I did. I took the flu vaccine twice and have never been more ill than when I took them. You didn't learn the first time? I was. uh, Well, here's I. This is why it stings so badly. I believe the doctor when he said it's impossible. It couldn't have had anything to do with it. (laughs) Nothing. It's just coincidence. It's absolutely what they told me. So I took it again and bam, I got sick again. Uh, Now, I actually had one of the pro vaccine folks uh, that, you know, they claim like, oh, yeah, I'm all for public for choice. But they never let up. They keep on pounding on the vaccines. I had one of them say that I actually had to do it 34 times that I had to take it and get sick and take it and get sick and take it to know that it was the vaccine that was doing it well come on i can't make a decision as an adult that vaccines i have an allergic reaction to the flu vaccine right i mean that's that's ludicrous you're never going to get anybody on on your side when you keep on telling them they're dumb and their experience is meaningless so do they do the public schools really make parents uh, give their kids vaccines for entry? Depending on the state, some states will allow a lit- religious exemption. Some states will allow a, uh, a philosophical uh, exemption. If you're religious, it's okay to make other kids sick. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. but the, the point you were making before was that it's a situation where a person has to opt out rather than opt in to getting the vaccine. Right. And I don't know what Texas's rules are as far as opting out, um, but... The, the the excuse for having vaccines in schools is that they're going to spread them in school. And, that I, you know, I think that there's something to be said for that. I'm just not going to send my kid to their school. But um, the HPV, not as good of an excuse there. No, it's it's not a situation like polio or some some other sort of outbreak. I mean, I went to school. For, I went to a public school for four years and never once had sex. <laughs> so, I'm reasonably certain that that, that, that that you know we can get away with uh, out kids having sex at public schools. I'm well, thinking it's it'll be okay. Maybe they're worried about the teachers and school administrators getting carried You're away. You're right. I did see teachers and and um, and, and students having sex. I, well, not see it, but I, it, it, it occurred while I was there. Well, you know, I, I had a, a bad vaccine experience myself. I was when I was in the Marines. You know, when you go through boot camp, there's one day in the processing. Where they hit you, you with everything. You, you roll up your once. sleeves, and then and then you 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 you're, you're stand at attention, and you take one step forward, and you're walking a gauntlet, and you get a needle in either shoulder. Then you take another step forward, and you get another needle in either shoulder. You oh, do that two God. more times, and then at the end of the lo- the gauntlet, you pull your pants down, and you get one in the behind. No. And believe it or not, six months later, I was getting shot at. <laughs> Which is a perfect perfect bridge to our, our next topic, the foreign <laughs> policy issue here. On um, uh, uh, from the debate, we had another interesting exchange, but this just goes to show what uh, what a, what a boring repeat this was of the last debate because there was a little dust up last time between San or was it the time I don't know the time before between, it just keeps happening. Yeah, Santorum got that history lesson on Iran from Ron Paul, and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, that was good stuff. Santorum Be- thought that. Uh- <laughs> Thought that uh, well, actually, he's better than most Americans who believe that foreign policy and history be- began on nine eleven. <laughs> he believed that they started in nineteen seventy nine when uh, the the uh, the Iranian students uh, you know took over the embassy and uh, took the hostages. He thought that it happened then. Ron Paul.
fall, however. 1950s and yeah. all of that with the CIA. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, the just, CIA instituting the Shah and causing this whole thing. Well, uh, the more we learn from history, the more we learn that we never freaking learn from history. And neither does Rick Santorum, who decided to get into it over foreign policy again with Ron Paul, this time over 9-11. And this goes back. This is almost like a, a replay of, um, you know, of, of the Giuliani thing. Yeah. From from 2008, where where Ron Paul said perhaps our foreign policy of having bases all over the world, perhaps we should listen to the people just to understand not not because we care about our enemies, but we care about understanding them enough to defend ourselves from them. If only for that, if you are completely devoid of human compassion to listen to we that. We don't want to understand them. They must accept everything that we say. And this is kind of how political parties work. I mean, the people people that are dyed-in-the-wool uh, dyed conservatives or Republicans or whatever, they believe that everybody on the other side is an idiot and must come to their side completely and wholly in order to be correct. And that's really what they believe. I will give not an inch, and you will come all the way over to me. And this... By the way, is a really great stance if you want to be unhappy, violent, and dangerous for the rest of your life. And it sounds like Mr. Santorum is having this opinion about Iraq now, right? Is that what he's saying? He has some business well, there and he doesn't even know the history? Right. Well, it's more specifically, it, last night it was about 9-11, and Ron Paul had a uh, Texas, he does a weekly column, the right. Texas Straight Talk, and he did one for the 9-11 anniversary and said that, Foreign occupation is, quote, the real motivation behind the September 11 attacks and the vast majority of other instances of suicide terrorism. So Rick Santorum, who knew he could read, you know, brought this up <laughs> at the debate and challenged Ron to explain uh, why he was blaming America for 9-11. Okay, you know? so he tried to frame it differently. But yeah. it's, I understand from Ron Paul's perspective, he has no business in Iraq or around the world. And Mr. Santorum is saying that, yeah, we... He wants to be in there with guns and, and well, lots of men Santorum's not actually saying that. It would be foolish for him to come out and say, let's kill more people and uh, start more wars. What he's just that's saying That's what it sounds is, like to me. It's, well, it, well, that's just because you're listening. Um, <laughs> but what he's trying to say is, 9-11 was not America's fault. And I don't know what America is precisely, um, but I can tell you that it is the fault of the people in the United States government in Washington, D.C. coming up with policy over the last seven decades. Yes, that's that, that much I'll say. But uh, America, I'm not sure where that is or what that is or who he's referring to when he says that. That was me. My bad. 9-11 yeah. was um, it was an inside job. I did it. I, I take it back. Um, <laughs> I'll, I promise it'll never happen again. But I, I just have to, as an aside here, because you talk about this uh, advocacy for war. And, you know, when I was active with Iraq Veterans Against the War, we had our government-sponsored sponsored AstroTurf counterparts called I almost don't want to say the name to endorse them, but it's, I'm not going to say the name of the sky, but it was Vets for Freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're not what Iraq are, Veterans they? Against the War, you are Vets for Freedom. And so what is that? Well, what is the Vets for Freedom? I'm, I'm, I'm still on this guy's email list. Mm-hmm. This is what's really disturbing because he's, he's in Afghanistan now, some kind of government contractor. And the email said, after so many years of passionate war advocacy, and I stopped reading Ad- the sentence right there, and I was like, they they actually unabashedly are calling it that now. Yeah. War oh, advocacy. Okay. So they're vets for freedom, as in they're vets pro-war. are the ones who get freedom by waging war, right? 
It's just one of those. It's, you can't have freedom without killing folks from other countries. Come on. Well, yeah, that's what it sounds like. You and, know, you and love people freedom, disagree inside vet, the country right? too. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, it was. Oh my gosh, there are veterans coming home from the war saying it's BS. We have to create our astroturf veterans I organization see. as a response to that. So uh. they, they, they were the. Well, they still are technically. I don't know what they're up to. I don't follow them that close. They're the the, the pro war veterans group. Oh, they, disgusting. They, yeah. Well, you know, you have to have something to to be for. If if you can't <laughs> ditch your uniform, you know, why not uh, be all for? But, but the this war? is this is this is do the, they the deny phrase. PTSD? Are they PTSD deniers? No, too? not no, 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 <laughs> not that bad, not that bad. There are they, they leave that to the politicians, but um, the that they're just they're not even calling it defense advocacy or being strong on terrorism, like. All of those things have kind of just worn so thin. They're not even relevant. We're, all you see now, we're, we're just going to call it what it is. Passionate it's war, war advocacy. advocacy. I know. It, it was insane. Ew. So um, Ron Paul was there. You know, you know, and I was actually a little surprised because Ron Paul really uh, set himself up in this exchange to get booed. But he, he did cut to the chase and said that, uh, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves. What would we do if another country, say China, did to us what we do to all those countries over there? Would you be annoyed? If you're not annoyed, then there's some problem. And he was getting booed. Well, he got some boos, but he got a lot of claps too. I listened well, to he it. He got he got he got applause, and then I when, the when it came to planted. the responsibility, <laughs> then he got boos. <laughs> and now it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You know, secrets can make us sick. Things that we hide about ourselves, things that we've done, are things that have been done to us. And we may think that because we're ignoring them, they're not there, but I can tell you from experience that we have to confront things and deal with them. Always pray about when and how to confront things especially things that have been buried for a long time. Emotional stability comes through learning how to live truthfully. I was abused by my father, and for many years, I refused to deal with it. But finally, I realized my secret was making me sick. God helped me deal with it, and he made me completely whole. For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That is the SACL CAI call in line here on Free Talk Live, and you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do on the show. Let's go straight into the calls. Let's take uh, Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, hello. How are you, Ian? Uh, this is Mark. Uh, is this Scott the Mark. bigot? Yes, Scott the bigot, the one and only. Welcome. Thank you. I have a uh, very special co-host for you this evening. Hi, Scott. Hello. What would you, you know, like to talk about? How are you? I'd like to talk about the 
Okay. And how we were attacked because of our aid to Israel. And well, yeah, don't forget to blame the Jews because you've got a Jew in the studio too. Well, the Jews were responsible. That absolutely. Well, how were the Jews responsible? Because the what? American Israel Public Affairs Committee. And uh, it's not only the American Israel, American Israel Public Affairs Committee or APAC. Uh, that's just one segment of a uh, component of uh, how the Jews control America. You've got Goldman Sachs and Bear Stearns that control Wall Street and the Federal Reserve and the New York Times. Uh, the media, Hollywood, so uh, and then of course the homosexual lesbian movement. The Jews if, uh, are responsible. For, if the Jews so control the Jews America, America, if the Jews control America, how is it that um, you know? I mean, uh, control the world. Actually, if uh, if they one listens to the you, world, that's right. Yeah. Then how is it that they get so much trouble? Say that how they get into trouble. How do they get so much trouble from people? Why? Do, I mean, if they were actually able to control the world, do you think that they would be able to manipulate uh, people's uh, perception of them uh, so that they wouldn't have this kind of uh, hatred by a, a small segment of the well? Population? We Jews, while we do control the world, we're not that good at it. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> the, the, the the world the, the Jews control the media. They manipulate people's opinion. And the reason why there's anti-Semitism, why there's going to be an explosion of anti-Semitism in the United States, it's coming very soon. The American people, by and large, are extremely stupid people. Uh, when you look at history, <laughs> when you look at history, like in Poland or Hungary or Romania, the peasants found out that the Jews controlled the land, they controlled the purse strings, they controlled the money. In this country, America, we've been stupid. They haven't figured that out yet. There's always been racism against blacks, but there has not been, unfortunately, anti-Semitism never took off in the United States. I don't oh, think there's much historical yeah. evidence that Jews have controlled much. Um, the United States, the, the American people are basically a bunch of morons. Okay, Scott, Scott, so I, I have a question for you. I, I heard you uh, giving the Jews some uh, flack for 9-11, and also you threw in the homosexuals. Is that right? That, are they let me explain. How, are, how are, am I responsible here for 9-11? <laughs> let me explain. When you mean 9-11, or let's, let's look Well, I thought that's what you were claiming. The, the, I am, but the, let's, let's uh, look oh, at okay. homosexuality. Do tell. Anytime there's a liberal movement, whether communism, the Jews invented communism, Karl Marx was Jewish, Leon Trotsky was Jewish. Whenever there's a liberal movement, something way out, liberalism, communism, socialism, humanism, Decadence in art, what have you. Yeah. The Jews it's always art. lead those movements. And we put the, the gays out front, usually. In other words, the Jews, so your listeners will understand, they have controlled world events through three areas. Number one, through international Zionism, where Israel is a thorn in the side of the world and it's going to start a world war. Idri- Israel's relatively brand new. Scott, I, I do hear you on the, on the Jews' comment. You've made that clear. But why are the homosexuals responsible for 9-11? Punished the United States for its uh, for its evil ways for That's supporting right. homosexual marriage. That's right. Also, you guys are oh, it's the marriage. You're responsible for the hurricanes too. Ooh. See, Scott, well, I'm not can... for same-sex marriage. I'm for governments getting out of marriage altogether. Look, the Jews always want to destroy homosexual. They want they want to destroy traditional marriage. They want to force homosexual marriage down. You, know, you have a real Scott, sex thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, hold on a second. No, I, I, I've never. <laughs> I, I guess I never thought of it until it was like just put that way. But can can we? You know, I'm not one to be offended, or you know, especially from such a credible caller as that. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
That's one of the reasons I let him go so long. Is <laughs> it's, the it's, claims it's are good, just so ludicrous. It's good humorous interjection. Yeah, in, God's in punishing us because of three Derek. Hour show. Derek's pink shirt. My fault. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I'm Derek's stri- diagonally striped tie. <laughs> but but is it is it is that like the telltale sign of having crossed over? Because there is a lot of legitimate criticism of Israel that should be leveled. Uh, indeed. But when you say the Jews instead of the Israelis, is that where you tip your hand? Well, he it just kind of occurred to me that Jews, that's the point. He was blaming the Jews for having invented communism because a Jew had invented a Jew, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> right? So which, all of the Jews who were which, alive at the time of Karl, Karl Marx are responsible. Basically, uh, you know, most of the libertarian thought out there, which is the opposite of communism and socialism, essentially is Jewish thought. So because uh, you're talking about Rothbard, what Hayek, there's some great Jewish all thinkers, us nerdy and, types, and, and, and it doesn't matter to me. You're just talking about people's names as far as i'm concerned but i yeah it's just funny to watch him ramble um and and oh i couldn't you, you just can't beat that when you can blame when when you can blame god for sending bad things to happen because uh, gay folks are running around that's good stuff he knows for sure he asked he mike checked god in chicago mike hi how are you guys doing tonight oh i'm Great. gonna feel a little dumber after that call <laughs> god standing who, who, am I, who am i talking to tonight this is mark and Derek J and adam kokesh yeah, you know, I have a question, Adam. I hope this doesn't offend you because I know you're in the Marine Corps. But um, I, and Adam, one of the reasons I respect you so much is because you were, you are a veteran and you speak out. But I, I got to tell you, I struggle with feelings of hating the military. I really hate the so military. So do I. I think they, I think they commit evil. You know, I live near an Army Reserve Center, uh, and when I walk by them, I'm tempted to like. I want to beat the living shit out of them. Because Whoa, they're, sorry, I think just... they're murderers. I want to. I want to say, fuck you, people. You're. Well, that was an interesting uh, call for a radio show, but there there was an interesting point there. Should, should we get into this? Yes, because uh, you know, for for our caller who's no longer with us, uh, it is not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Come back this evening, I can assure you got, of that. Got a little carried away with his, his little <laughs> potty mouth. <laughs> got a little carried away with his, his his rant there, but he's he he was saying that he struggles with issues of of hating the military. He didn't want to offend me for having been in the Marines, but uh, a lot of people who are in the military also struggle with hating the military. It's very much a, a love hate thing for all but the most sadistic bootlickers who join, and and that doesn't that that's not in and of itself what makes it. A bad thing. I mean, in in a, in a world where collective self defense is legitimate, yeah, you're going to have that institutional relationship with a military. Yeah, yeah. If, so, if the military is so great and and the guys in the military loved it so much, you wouldn't see so many of them leave. I mean, you know, right? But I'm saying, even if there was a libertarian justified military force, you would have that love hate relationship with it. Any any time you have that institutionalization of violence, whether or not it's morally justified. You're gonna have that, and and uh, you know, should you be hating the the military as a whole? You know, it, it's like is it's like hating the government itself. It's kind of a waste of emotional exactly. energy. You know, uh, you can you can hate the effect of it, you can hate the policy, but to 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 hate the misguided people that you know includes all of us who live in the world that tolerates the United States military empire to be the evil force that it is. You know, it's it's really a waste of emotional energy to say, 
oh, I hate the military. I just want to go punch guys at the reserve center near where I live. Yeah, that's right. certainly and, not going to get on your side. <laughs> right. And so rather than wasting your energy yelling at these folks and screaming obscenities at them, I think if you really hate the military, what you'll do is set a good example and go up to these folks and communicate with them how you feel. Appeal to that common humanity. Right. With, without vulgarities. <laughs> Not even necessary on the radio. <laughs> Let's take Bill in Albuquerque. Bill. Hello, Bill. Can you hear me now, Bill? Hi. Yes, I can. Hey, it's Bill in Albuquerque. I, a former caller of AM1550 KIVA, I presume. It is. Outstanding. I'm the same. Outstanding. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me on Free Talk Live tonight, Bill. Oh, well, the reason I was calling, actually, you know, you know, my father was a military vet. And, uh, you know, he hates what he went through in Vietnam. Mm. But hating the military is really kind of like hating the leaf on a weed when the root of it is the militarism in our current government policies and foreign policy that created it to begin with. I hear that. Absolutely. Can we, can we keep leaf, Bill on? The leaf is covered in, in thorns. <laughs> uh, I mean, that much it, I've well, got to say. Well, it may be. But it's the roots that's the problem. I, I would concur with that. Bill, please hold the line Strike here the if root. you would. 855-450-FREE. What do you think about the military? You know, yellow ribbon? Do you hate him? What is it? 855-450-3733. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the SACL toll free call in line. You can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Mark and Derek J and Adam Kokish and so, Bill in Albuquerque. Yeah, let's go to Bill in Albuquerque here. We got to pull him back up uh, online. But real quick, you've been hearing about bitcoins for a while now, but maybe you didn't know how to get them. Well, here's an easy way. You can get bitcoins by depositing cash at thousands of bank locations across the U.S., including Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Once you have your bitcoins, you can use them to pay anyone in the world with no transaction fees or third parties getting involved. It works just like a person-to-person cash transaction, but you can do it over the Internet. To learn more, visit exchangebitcoins.com. Again, it's exchangebitcoins.com. I opened up my account yesterday, as a matter of fact. Hmm. So let's go to Bill in Albuquerque. Bill? Hey, uh, you know, just going back to the issue of the militarism, sometimes we're hating the symptom instead of the cause. And that can be the same with feelings about police or other government mm. uh, officials as well. Uh, although I'd say there are plenty of bad soldiers, like the kill team murderers, or bad cops. They're still all enabled and put there by a bad interventionist system. Yes. You know, I... I... I, I tend to vacillate on this one, Bill, between holding people responsible for their individual actions, and I, I think that their individual actions, even when they're doing what are this is sort of their lawful duty, as it were, is still murderous, and at the same time, it's clearly the system that 
gives them the uh, the cloak of legitimacy. Now, not that these are bad folks, but they, you know, they, these guys are brainwashed into doing this because they're told it's the right thing to do. And then once you're in a firefight, no doubt I'd shoot back. But um, you know, you shouldn't be over there in the first place. That kind of thing, you know. Well, how many people, and, and Adam, I think you can uh, sympathize with this, went over initially thinking they were doing the right thing, and right. it was already sure. too late by the time they started beginning to feel remorse. I know my father, he was wanting adventure on the high seas. Well, uh, I, I, I agree, Bill, and I think that we're too far away from the point where we can – we're a long ways from the point of, of trying to convince people that the military – you know, I mean, like you, we kind of have to have more of a groundswell of the ideas of liberty and peaceful interaction before we can really push these ideas. But the Nazis thought they were doing the right thing, too. Right, and let's not forget right. what Nuremberg decided is that we are all per, uh, responsible, responsible for our, for our, our personal actions. actions. Is that an appeal to authority? <laughs> If it happened at Nuremberg, it must be true. Well, no, but I I think that uh, it's important to keep in the back of our heads. Hit hit us with the real logic and reason behind that assertion is what I'm saying here. Oh, well, that you're the only person who can make decisions about what you do with your own body. It's it's certainly uh, your own brain that makes the decisions to move your arm or not. There's really some irony in that Nuremberg's – the decision at Nuremberg, which is an appeal to authority, is that there is no appeal to authority. Right. Bill? (laughs) Well, you know, I would say to that, and and yes, you are correct, we have – there is a groundswell happening, though. Yes. Um, I think that's evidenced by how how big a percentage of military donations Ron Paul's getting. Yes, I agree. And and this – I'd like to go to say some cops. I have recently, over the last five years, been as a plumber about town in Albuquerque, asking every cop I've met informally what they think about drug laws. I haven't met one yet that still likes them. Really? But they're kind of trapped in a mm-hmm. system. I mean, there's some that do, but I'm talking about these are just beat cops or guys that are my customers talking informally in the home, and they're not, they don't like it. They don't want to arrest somebody for just doing marijuana. Well, Bill, it sounds like you're focused... And, and, but they, they feel like they're trapped. And a lot of them say, you know, what am I going to do? This is the system I'm stuck in. Yep. Right. And, and the anything. pension. Don't forget the pension. Well, then why not... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Why not speak to younger people who haven't made the mistakes already? Because it sounds like you're talking to a lot of people who have been in the military, who are already in the system, working for the government, these police officers. Why not talk to kids who are in high school and disperse some literature for them about war? Uh, disperse some literature... Well, uh, we, don't, we don't have to worry about the kids in high school because the kids in high school today they all have smartphones and when their teachers tell them that the war in iraq is a good idea then they go to, they, they they can they, they can look up the answers right there and well, and, and call I'm, them out for it what but, i'm saying is that well, I, bill's still in a query it? stage right like he's been asking police officers what they think and i think that one needs to uh, one needs to have information before one acts well hold on but i think i think what bill was getting at here uh, is that there is a we have to decide how we are going to look at other individuals doing things that we condemn as anti-freedom. And I think putting it in perspective like this is very important. When someone is doing something that they willingly you know, know is not fitting into their own moral framework, that is condemnable on another level. The people who took photos of torture at Abu Ghraib weren't saying if these Iraqis aren't embarrassed, aren't humiliated, aren't tortured, then then uh, we're not going to be as safe as a, as a country. Like they, they didn't go through that. That was a, a failure 
of of their own morality. Whereas if it's a failure of awareness, which is I think the case in ninety nine percent of the rest of the the evil of statism that we see in the world, it's a matter of raising awareness instead of condemning an individual. Do you condemn an individual soldier for accepting? the mission to go to Iraq and get in firefights where he might be killing people that are innocent? Or do you then instead, you know, come from a point of sympathy and, and recognize that you are not perfect either? And that for, you know, people here at the, the Keen Activism Center talking about, I wish more, it was Jason Talley, Talley TV right here, who for Taco Tuesday was making tacos. Believe me, I'm going to make this connection here. Give me a second. <laughs> yeah, was saying, hold on, hold on. He was saying, I wish more people would cook here so that we could avoid eating in town and paying a 9% sales tax that goes to support the statism. Here, here. And a lot of and there are people here who are the most hardcore liberty activists in the country. I mean, I went out and had lunch with Jason today at a restaurant where we pay the 9% sales tax. I mean, I tipped so much it was it was it was irrelevant, but Yeah, negligible. But you know, do, do we condemn that you know and it, it becomes a matter of degrees and awareness and, and, and evaluation and if someone is making the evaluation well me being in the military is making the world a better place that was my evaluation when i joined you know the answer is then if they are doing it out of their own good intentions and they are doing so as 99.99 percent of human beings do 99.9999 percent of the time acting out of either legitimate moral self-interest or compassion or in recognition of other human beings and their 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 own divine rights then the answer is to to not have that emotional reaction of condemnation because it's almost snide and derogatory to say well you're not as as, as enlightened as I am to know that paying that 9% sales tax for your meal in town is not as good for freedom as eating Jason Talley's Tuesday tacos here at the Keen Activism Center. And I think it, you can you can take that writ large and even go so far as forgiving someone like George Bush if you think that he was doing so out of the best of intentions. And, and, and I, I honestly, to, to, to the largest extent, I mean, I'm not going to go and make that personal evaluation about a guy like George Bush any more than any individual soldier or all the soldiers in the military. But the answer is still the same. Like, we are not perfect. Let us, if anything, share our awareness. Okay, here, so here. Um, my, my rebuttal to that, and I'm not, I'm not really taking the hate the military's stance here, but my rebuttal to that would be... Why do you hate the military, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 why do you hate why America? Why do you hate America? <laughs> Is that, uh, you know, the, it, it's not about forgiveness, because I'm willing to forgive George Bush and everybody, but I do want to point out people's actions, and... Right. You know, the guys in 2006 that shot those five kids that they handcuffed, those are baby killers. Am, Am I, I wrong I... for calling them baby killers? No. Bill, Bill in Albuquerque, thank you so much for calling in thank tonight. You, Bill. Thanks, Bill. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Eight fifty five four fifty three. That's the sacred toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Tell us what you think about the military. 
Love them or leave them. Check out the cam, too, at cam.freetalklive.com. You can see Derek's powder pink shirt with his little diagonally striped tie. It's cam.freetalklive.com. There's a chat room there where you can get her interactive with uh, some folks that I'm sure would love to interact with you. It's cam.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Vince in Indianapolis. Vince? Vince? How are you? Hello, Mark. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, I... Just wanted to say, uh, uh, like your guest, Derek and Adam. Oh, well, thank you. I think you said Adam served in the military. I, when I was 16 or 17 years old, I joined the SDS. The what? Students for Democratic Society. Students for Democratic SDI. Okay, okay. Got it? SDS? SDS. Vietnam War and the, get 18-year-olds to vote back in the 70s. But... Uh, you know, I was uh, the reason why I was opposed to the Vietnam War was because of I don't think that makes me any un-American than anybody else. I think that makes me much more American. Absolutely. Don't you think there's people out there that would call you un-American though for that activity? Well, yes, because you know, but I remember when William Calley was charged with slaughtering a uh, quite a few Vietnamese women and children there in that the William Calley trial. That was for the My Lai incident, correct? My Lai incident. But, the, but that went on quite a bit in the Vietnam War because I remember my next door neighbors, I lived up in a place called Goshen, Indiana, which is in the northern part of the state. Our two neighbors were involved in, you know, they were in the United States. You know, you know one guy was a captain, the other guy was a lieutenant. And they, when they came back, they were sick. They had been exposed to Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they eventually died. Yeah, this and is. I mean, their th- families were tore up. This is the other aspect of of the the sort of uh, sobriety that people look at this uh, with the uh, the solemnity. I guess you should say is that. You know, these guys have uh, willingly chosen to give their lives in one manner or another for the uh, United States military. I don't think it even go in with that expectation. But there are a lot of people that die after the wars, too. There's going to be huge incidents of PTSD. There's going to be all kinds of people with uh, what, what, what's the depleted uranium. Depleted uranium poisoning. That, those kind of things are I mean this is this is what's this generation's new burden and uh you know you're supposed to fly a flag over it and put your hand over your heart I saw those uh, the debaters last night the master debaters uh, last night on the uh, television they were all standing there with their hand over their heart while somebody sang the national anthem you don't put your hand over your heart when you sing the national anthem but you have to one up the other guy now cuz you got to be more patriotic and this is you know this is this isn't uh, you know, if you would have stood there and said, "Well, I'm going to do what the proper way to, uh, you know, handle the national anthem is, which is just just stand," well, then you would have looked like a you're not patriotic enough. Well, aren't you also supposed to take off your hat and put it on your heart? There were no hat. That, people okay. don't wear uh, fedoras anymore. Oh, okay, but since people aren't wearing fedoras, don't you just put an imaginary hat on top of your heart? Is that what they were doing? I no. I mean, they were all standing there with a hand over their heart, like they were pledging allegiance. That's gross. Fence. Well, when I run for president, I'm going to have sparklers in my ears in addition to my American flag <laughs> lapel right. pin while I poop out, you know, American flag streamers while they Red, play the national anthem on the stage. Vince? You know, I just wanted to say I, I, I quit being a member of the Students for Democratic Society like a lot of people did because they were encouraging too much violence. Good. Yep. Now, Thanks for the call. I mean, I was against the violence. If they were against the Vietnam War, they shouldn't be for 
violent overthrows. Yeah, they were really just commies. Well, that's the that's the beautiful appeal of of, of the voluntarist libertarian message, and why it was so. I felt very effective bringing people to that message as simply an anti-war veteran in the anti-war movement, because all of the philosophies, if you can even call them that, being debated among the lefties that made up the majority of the anti-war movement lacked that philosophical consistency of non-aggression. You you throw that out there, and you're the one guy going. Yeah, no, I, I I know what I believe in. Yeah, no, and it's it's consistent. And no, no, really, one principle all the way through, yeah. and it applies. No, there's I don't have to make excuses for anything. It's just yes, not all human interactions, all should be free of force, violence, and coercion. And it, it ends a lot of debates. Crazy, crazy talk. Let's go to Kevin <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Kevin, hey guys, how are you doing tonight? All's great. Ra, great. great. Um, first off, I had a question for, for Adam, um, maybe just a chance for him to speak. Um, I just recently started getting, started getting into RT's Adam, Adam versus the man, um, and saw that it is no longer. Um, I was wondering if you could just speak to as to why that is and, uh, what we might hope to see from you in the future. Well, all I can really say, because we are talking about the Russian government here, is that, you know, it ended on terms that were agreeable to both of us. There wasn't, like, anything hostile about the cancellation of the show. And I still love RT. If Even from a voluntarist perspective, it's hard to say that about any state-sponsored media. But if you see governments as competing protection rackets, the one good thing they do is shoot at each other. And uh, when when they're really doing it just at each other and not at real people, uh, then you know if if it's a foreign government poking the American government in the eye, you know I'm 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 all for that. And I still I love RT. I love their coverage. Um, I think having their voice in the American national dialogue to have some Russians going, oh by the way, your government is full of crap. I think that's very valuable. And I think I think uh, a lot of people who see RT footage and, and clips. On the internet, mostly, you know, most of the people that I know who watch RT don't get it on cable, but they see, you know, occasional clips. And I think that alternative voice and this kind of stuff that they cover, the way they cover is, is very valuable. As for myself, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to have announced at uh, Liberty Fest on Saturday that Adam versus the man will be returning to the airwaves, cable, interwebs in one form or another in the next week or two, but that's all we're going to say for now. And if uh, if you want to get signed up for our email list for the iCore, we'll have an announcement about that shortly from Adam versus the com. So thanks for the opportunity for that plug. Anything else, Kevin? Well, that's that's great. Um, you know, we all look forward to hearing more from you, Adam. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, this is uh, to Mark. The last time I had a chance to listen to the show uh, was on Saturday's show on nine ten. Um, and, and I was kind of disheartened to hear, Mark, that you, uh, proclaimed 9-11 truth dead. Um, I do, yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Um, you know, whether you want to write me off as a conspiracy theorist or not, you know, I might have some alternative views as to what actually happened on that day. However, um, I feel that it's, it, it might even be a majority of people in this country um, that stand for 9-11 truth. That doesn't have anything to do necessarily with uh, the conspiracy theories that you've seen around. The thing is, I'm sure that everyone there and a, a, a good bit of your listeners can agree that we don't all have the full story. Uh, How are you ever going to get the full story about 
anything. Well, no, no, and I know that we won't. You know, I know that 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 uh, you know that we're not all going to know exactly what happened. But think about. I, I think that the most glaring example is Building Seven, um, and I'm not even going to go into the controlled demolition theory and all that. My point is that in the entire 9/11 Commission report, there's not one mention of Building Seven. And also with the 9-11 Commission report, we still have over a thousand pages that are still blacked out. Um, but so Kevin, do you, Kevin, this truth. wasn't this wasn't the issue for me though, uh, Kevin. I, I said that there were some interesting points to be had, especially around Building Seven. Right? What I said was it has become irrelevant. The vast majority of the American of Americans believe that there is a conspiracy theory around JFK, and they haven't done anything about it. So even if you guys do convert more people to your side, you're not going to have any result. There is nothing that's going well, to that, occur. That might be true, but that might be true. But Mark, you need to stop thinking of results as the government coming out and saying yes, we did it, or blah blah blah. No, no, I'm talking about results people. as in freedom, Kevin. Something, some kind of well, that's, tangible that's true. result. That's true, Mark. You can agree. You can agree that the whole 9/11 potential conspiracy might wake more people up. Free talk live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Eight fifty five four fifty free. That's the SACL toll free call in line here on Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. We make a, a website not just available for your computer, but one for your smartphone too. M dot It's just as interactive. You can do all kinds of great stuff on it. It's M dot You know that cigarettes are bad for your health. You've probably been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier by some accounts. Listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. They make one of the best vaporizers, e-cigarette vaporizers that you can get on the market today. It is uh, has a bigger vaporizer so that you can get a nice big hit off of it. It's made well. Um, you can just check it out. Just hold it in your hand versus the other ones, and you'll see how much more substantial it is. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? You can get this free vaporizer kit just by purchasing 40 cartomizers. Those are the little things that contain the nicotine. So you're going to use those up with coupon code FTL. You'll get free shipping because all orders over $60 get free shipping. And actually it costs, I think, $69 or $70. Just purchase the 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Get free shipping, free starter kit at Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Let's go back to the phones and back to the fun. Matt in Pennsylvania. Matt? Hi. How you guys, how you guys doing? Pretty good. good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Adam, I'm a huge fan. I've pretty much watched every single one of your uh, uh, episodes on <laughs> Adam vs. the Man ever since it started. Um, and my question or comment, I guess I wanted to say tonight was, I mean, I, I first woke up to 
the 9-11 truth, uh, becoming a libertarian. And in the past couple of years, I've been reading Mises and Hayek and all those uh, libertarian philosophers. And I, I really see a, a divide almost in libertarians where some libertarians just won't even check out 9-11, where they won't even say, oh, oh, oh look at 9 you know, Building 7, it fell at three fall speed, you know, as if you dropped a bowling ball off the, the roof. It's impossible. It didn't get hit by a, a plane. And I don't understand why they they won't open their minds to that. Matt, do you trust the individuals who call themselves the government? Absolutely not. Okay. Is is that enough of a lesson learned for you for 9-11 being a fishy story? Right. I mean, it's definitely a fishy story. Well, what, what's sense. your problem with libertarians who probably share your view that they don't trust the individuals who call themselves the government? What are they supposed to learn from 9-11? not sure that they're supposed to learn anything, but they, they get so defensive, they shut off their critical thinking. They have all this critical thinking on private property rights and, and well, non-aggression principle. Let me say something that's going to really piss off Mark here. <laughs> not going to piss me off. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Um, most people in, in, in this country who identify as libertarians hate to break it to uh, some of the nerdier members of the audience, myself included here. Uh, have not read Hayek and Mises and Rothbard and done that research I'd agree with that. and come to the real philosophical understanding that we expect of the prominent voices in our movement, the people that we turn to for uh, you know a lens on the world. And there is uh, being being a libertarian in and of itself, even if you do actually embrace one of the philosophical precepts or axioms of non-aggression or self-ownership, then it, it, it doesn't make you immune to peer pressure. And because following 9-11, the way the story was so shoved down everyone's throats, not whether or not it was the truth, the government's version of the truth was so shoved down everyone's throats, it created this massive, massive social sort of expectation that you weren't going to challenge this most, this this brand new, most sacred of cows. And just because you've come to the philosophy or you've filled out the Nolan chart correctly and can say, <laughs> I'm a libertarian now, doesn't mean that you're immune to the effects of this. Now, I'm not saying that this is Mark's position, but I know, see... There is, I think, a, 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 in, it, it's just a matter of convenience to say things like, well, the issue turns people off, or it's an issue that people I do don't think it turns like, some people off. or it's not effective. And and I think that effective. keeps a lot of people... That's a real issue, though. No, it I mean, is. If we it talk is. about okay. how many angels can dance on the head of a pen, that's really a pointless argument. And, that's and you know, it's, it is a, um, a, a sort of a colloquial statement for a reason, because there are arguments not really particularly worth having, and that if, if an argument is... Like, you can't prove anything. There is no possible proof to be had here. And it doesn't necessarily teach people the ideas of liberty because it will teach them radical Democrat politics, radical right wing politics. And <laughs> so, I mean, A, it doesn't really it's not effective. It doesn't uh, do what we want it to do. And B, it can turn some people off. What's the point in this? I think uh, wait, 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 I, 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 I just want, I want to ask Matt. OK, Matt. Uh, I, I mean, I just the fundamental search for truth in in my life, in everyone's life, 
I, I feel like I, I want to find the truth out. And, I, you know, I I'm obviously have been affected by that social pressure and, and everything. And, and I want to know what the truth was. Because You're not going to find it. I know. I'm not, it's not it's, available to you. It's just fundamentally I want to know the truth about it. You can't it. Mark, have it. Mark, now you sound like the government. You can't <laughs> have the truth. Mark, there, Mark. Are, there are walls in this world, and men need to stand in those walls, and you can't handle the truth. Mark, well, you, re- you really sound like the government now. I mean, I think this is the, uh, the truth to me, isn't to be had. Who's going to investigate this you, and find you, the truth? You the know government? How, you know, but you know how I became a libertarian, really, in spirit as a kid, was that I was the one that always asked why. I was that kid in class. Why, teacher, why? And when it came to asking the government why, and there were never any good answers, I was forced to come to my own conclusions. And I think the fact, Mark, that there is a wall there, that the government has erected a wall, that that for some people is so powerful to simply be introduced to the idea of 9-11 and go, Holy crap, the government has put up a wall between me and the truth fundamentally alters people's perception of government. And for you, you can sit here in Keene and be surrounded by agorists who say you are amazing and you know everything there is to know about philosophy, Mark, and we love you. Not me. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the heel around here, apparently. (laughs) Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But you can be, but for the, think to the average activist who's looking for an easy way to be able to reach people for some of them 9-11 is the single most effective way to bring people to the philosophy of libertarianism That's not true, if though, they don't understand on, the philosophy if they don't have mises and rothbard in their back pockets if they don't have all the answers Square and they can say look if they can say, Hold look, there's a, a wall here. There's a wall between the, the government is put up between you work. and the truth. But it then doesn't what? work. I was standing on Central Square in Keene, New Hampshire, just on 9-10, holding up a sign for peace with a bunch of other peaceniks, radical Democrats that want to see Social Security expanded and blah, 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 blah. Radical, radical, radical socialists that don't believe in 9-11. Uh, they, they believe in 9-11 truth and all this stuff. So it doesn't work. It is not a libertarian wait, philosophy. Wait, wait, wait. You're, it's, you're it's debating the wait, wait, wait. You're making the case about this for effective activism and you're spending your time standing on the side of a street with a sign what else you've heard of the internet right well (laughs) you can put up a a, a sign on the internet it's called a website and then anybody in the world can see this when i saw the um the uprising in egypt so i said well if those people manage to do it by standing in the center of their town and holding a sign then i'm gonna do it too matt i don't think that's a bad thing i just think that it's a fundamental thing that shows that the government lies about everything I mean, they, they really do. They lie about statistics, they lie about news reports, they lie about everything. And it just, it, it's kind of the... People already say... Lie. But the most people will already say a politician is lying. You know a politician's lying when his lips are moving. So, I mean, they've already got that. They've already internalized that. Oh, Matt, I've, I've got a whole bunch of calls that i got to get to here. Okay, i got five right. people lined thanks, up. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks for your call, Matt. 855-450-FREE. Sacral toll-free call in line here on Free Talk Live. Let's go to Gail in Michigan. Gail? Hello. Hello. Hey. What would you like to talk um, about? I, um, well, I was listening originally uh, about the military question, your perspective on the military. Yes. And um, I have a lot of family that's very, very supportive of military, and it's kind of been sort of shoved down my throat for a long time. And it was always really unpleasant to just be told that I had to think a certain way. So looking into it myself was a really big thing. But I've kind of come to the conclusion that whether you support any current military action, the whole concept of having a constantly 
active military. A constantly what military? Isn't a good thing. I'm sorry, a, a constantly const- active military, always having some military action somewhere in the world, whether or not it's for our immediate defense. Well, what's the point of having a standing army if you're not going to use it to enrich the military-industrial complex? Everything looks like a nail. Gail, hold the line here. I didn't give you much time. If you would, please. 855-450-FREE. The SACL's toll-free call-in line. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's how we do it here on Free Talk Live. Interactive show, interactive website. Check out freetalklive.com. You can upload stories and blog posts and whatever you'd like. I guess link is the right term. Link, stories and blog blog posts, that kind of thing, at freetalklive.com and vote other people's up and they can vote yours up and that it's it's one big voting hullabaloo there at freetalklive.com. Let's go you back can still to, say orgy on regular broadcast, As long right? as you're talking about cheese and wine. <laughs> of course. <Okay>. Of course. <laughs> and speaking of which, at Free Talk Live, you can also watch us on the webcam at and, and uh, make fun of what we're eating. And, and yes, it is actually low-carb cake. I'm Indeed. not breaking my diet because we have... Uh, Mandrick's Mandrick. awesome cooking here. Mandrick.com. No C in Mandrick. Mandrick.com. <laughs> Gail in Michigan. Gail? Can you hear me now, Gail? Gail, can you hear me? Hold the line. I'll go back to Gail some other time here. Let's go to Corey in Florida. Corey? Hello. Hey, Corey. What would you like to talk about, Corey? Um, uh, what would you like to talk about? Um, I was wanting to talk about this article I'm reading right now on um, the ticket. The ticket? Ron Paul's comment last night about how he does not want the government to basically fund health care and that it should be done privately. Yeah. How he ended up receiving laws for that. Uh, Corey, talk right into the, uh, the the microphone on your phone, please. Sorry, sir. Go ahead. No, um, say it again. How much, did you not under- how much did you not understand? Just uh, repeat the last sentence you said. Um, how Paul received applause for what he was saying, and this particular author, um, Rachel Rose Hartman of The Ticket, like I said, um, basically is twisting it to where it seems like Paul is pretty much happy that agreeing with killing people. Well, you know, this is how uh, this is how people that uh, you know want an opportunity to make a grandstand are going to twist an issue, um, you know, to their favor. Well, it's politics. If yeah. I don't agree with this person on, uh, and they're not my first choice for whatever office they're running for, I'm going to say everything bad about them I can regardless of principle because I don't care about my credibility. And when they become the nominee, we'll get behind them as if we never said anything bad about them. So, Corey, are you saying that the author of this article was writing as if uh, freedom, a situation of freedom would allow some people to make poor choices and die? Uh, okay. Really posit- the only really positive line I really see is, um, no, he responded, noting he practiced medicine before Medicaid when churches took care of medical costs. A comment that drew wide audience applause. He never turned anybody away from the hospital. That seems to be the only thing that's actually defending Paul. Well, and it's 
He's he's bringing up a great example of how it worked before. I mean, it's it's the private community, what the local people believe in, what how they believe and how they think. Well, the belief system they choose. I mean, I myself am a Christian. I would love it if if my church was funding it instead of Medicaid. At least I know my church is honest. Well, you know, I mean, th- this is this is how it's going to go, right? Like people that have their issues are going to use the opportunity to uh, to go after, you know, somebody who disagrees with them. You know, this this lady doesn't. For one, I don't like writing the people that that write because often you don't have the interactivity with them. You can't set. You can't hold their feet to the fire. This is what why I do a radio program is if my ideas stunk. People would make me look like a fool every single night. Somehow Paul Krugman manages to make himself look like a fool on his blog. <laughs> yeah. right, just See right. the comments there? Oh. <laughs> Corey, I appreciate the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. Matt? Hello, guys. What's going on? Hello. Hey, um, first off, I want to say um, thank you for putting Scott the bigot on. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are open now, and you know, I really understand uh, who controls the world, and I, I can't believe I didn't see it before. I, you know, I wonder if he thinks that the Jewish people are lizards, too. <laughs> I'm sure he'd go for it. Um, and I, I wanted to say, actually, um, I was going to say this. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, you, you've been talking a lot about the, the ineffectiveness of... The 9-11 conspiracy. Mostly because people keep calling in about it, but yes. <laughs> it's that right. week. It's that time um, of year again. But uh, wonderful time <laughs> of the year. I, I just want to say that um, I, I think that, that you're missing something, that, that you're missing a lot. What am I missing? And, uh, well, I, there's, a, there's like an undercurrent, an, an, uh, an undertow. People aren't always going to... A lot of people just keep their mouths shut about politics, period. Sure. I mean, I would say half the, half the people, if not more, just don't even talk about it at all. Hey, Mark, so guess very... what time it is? What's that? 9 11. 9 11 on 9 13. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's 8 here, so. Um, so I think that there's there's an under undercurrent with these um, with with all these conspiracy theories, not just with nine eleven, but I mean even going back to um, to uh, to Kennedy, and I, I think that the Kennedy Kennedy uh, conspiracies really giving conspiracy theories a lot of of legitimacy, and has really made it so that the you know people in general don't trust the government anymore. So I think there has been some positive effects. I just think that they're really hard to see, that they're deep. They're like the undercurrents of, you know, when you walk out into the ocean and you, you got the waves and you can see the waves breaking on the beach, and you go, oh, neat, that's neat. But if you go too far out, that undertow will take you down. And I think that's where the changes is happening, Matt, where the undertow there is. There was a recent poll um, that said that uh, 9% of the population believes that the uh, the, the government has the, uh, the mandate from the people or some term like that, basically that they had legitimacy. 9% of the people believe that the government had the – oh, the consent of the governed, which says to me that we don't need 9-11 conspiracy theories to f- teach people that the government doesn't have their consent. I mean we're already at 91%. So I don't. I mean, I'm just. I'm just not going to go that this 9/11. Maybe the 9/11 will get some people to the point that I'm going to, but they're going to go the long way around <laughs> to get there, and they're going to spend a lot of time studying, and they're going to have a lot of information that's going to make a lot of people kind of move the other direction at cocktail parties. That's all I'm saying. Be that, 
Be that as it may, and I, I, I you know, kind of agree with that. I, I can see your point. I'm not saying I don't see your point, but I still think that there's there's a lot to be said for the conspiracy theories being out there, being exposed, and being vocal. I appreciate it all. Thank you very much, Matt. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Let's go to Jay in Indianapolis. Jay? Hey, good, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hello. Uh, yes, good evening. Uh, don't forget Sammy Terry is from Indiana. I've not heard um, that. I'm sure that is. <laughs> that local uh, horror show from the 70s. Anyway, um, good book. I'm sure some of you guys have read it or heard about it. Yeah, Alexis de Tocqueville on democracy in America, published by, like, I want to say, 1848, before the Civil War. Right. Uh, quite prescient in um, what he predicted that our democracy would turn into. In fact, he said at the time, it wouldn't be tyranny or despotism. He said, I don't really have a word for it, but I will describe it. And, and basically, he concluded that the sole purpose of the government that could evolve from democracy in America, which I think has happened, and we see it right before our eyes, is, the sole purpose is to make every citizen as a child and a complete dependent ward of the state. Yep. Now, go ahead. Yep. So what, is, what does that mean in your life? Well, when guarding 9-11, since that seems to be the hot-button topic tonight on your show, um, I don't think it was a government inside job. But the people that are that have that conspiracy theory, they want to get vehement about it. I, I patiently try to say, hey, look, the bigger point is the government doesn't need to create a conspiracy because they can use any excuse to take away your freedom, the Patriot Act. You know, everybody moaned and complained about how bad Bush was for signing that into law. But yet Obama has extended it. And Joe Lieberman, who was touted as this independent, you know, thinking person that left the Democratic Party... He's the one that added the extension, or the language in the extension, or one of the proponents of the extension, to include, like, the Internet kill switch. But yet, it's still subtly there. And, you know, I think you guys would agree, you know, the government doesn't need to make a conspiracy. They can make up any reason they want. Jay, thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable for your business. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. So if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can do it. They can do it with respect. Go to freetalklive.com. They're the top banner on the right-hand side of the page. As a matter of fact, it's a new Newly designed website, as I understand it, SACL, C-A-I. Let's go right into the calls. we got a bunch of calls lined up, so let's go into the calls. We've got um, August in California. August? Hey, guys. How are you doing over there? All's well. Hey. 
Hey, Adam. Outstanding. Hey, um, what's that? Doing outstanding here. Awesome. Hey, do you remember back at the Jefferson Memorial dance afterwards when Eddie Freeze got pulled over, or actually followed by the cops back to his house? Yes. Um, um, I, yeah. I don't know if it was all the way back to his house, but I remember we were leaving that event, to, or we were leaving together, and I was in my car, and he was following me or something, and they got pulled over, and we had to stop and pull a little cop watch on him, and we drove. We, we made some illegal U-turns since we knew that all that the three cops in the area already had their lights on and were committed to Eddie, Eddie, Eddie free the dangerous terrorists on the side of the road. <laughs> so I was, I was able to make a couple illegal U-turns and come back and pull up on the opposite side of the road and point a camera at them. Nice. I was just thinking it would have been nice if he would have had um, a dash cam to record those cops following him. That's yep. right. August uh, runs a website called freedomcam.net, and um, in fact, I have a one of his uh, black, what is it, dashboard black box dash cams or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he, he sent us one to uh, to review, and we didn't get to it in time for for Adam versus the man in the last version. But I've got it in my car now. I'm really excited. Is it, and, is and it awesome. put uh, put up in the car? Yeah, well, we're going to be up. doing we're going to be doing a review shortly here. It's really cool. Oh, cool. And we're accepting bitcoins now too. Oh, good. awesome. But, um, on the, on a separate note, I wanted to run this by you guys and see what you thought. So my idea is that when you get pulled over by a cop and they want to search your car or you're walking and they want to search your body or your house or something like that, um, an idea I had was to say to them, uh, can you show to me a piece of paper that I have sworn an oath to to obey, which says that I must allow you to search me? And they're most likely going to say, and they're most likely going to say no. Get back in, get in the you, back of the car. <laughs> and then you could say, well, I have one that you have sworn an oath to, which says that you cannot search me. And then Ooh. you break out your little pocket constitution and awesome. break out the Fourth Amendment and say the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, effects, unreasonable searches. Well, you said it. You said it on Free Talk Live. I'm sure one of the listeners of this show is going to be. Uh, in an encounter in the next 24 hours of, of that <laughs> nature. And uh, we might just be hearing those very words from the YouTubes. Great, great call, August. Appreciate it. Yeah. 855-450-3733. I really like that. Yeah, it, it was really good. Let's go to Loa in Washington, D.C. Loa? Hey. I would have loved to be out there with that dance with you guys, but they had me locked up from March 19th for sitting meditating in front of the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue. The anniversary of the invasion of Iraq. Well, yeah, there was a lot going on that day. They had the 9-11 Truthers, um, Veterans for Peace, you know, those against the war in Libya, Palestinians. And I was sitting by myself, but I was pretty badly assaulted. Ended up doing seventy-five days over that one. Jeez, why? I'm what so did they? Sorry. What? What? What did they? You know, make the claim wow. that you had done? Well, I'm on disability for uh-huh. back surgery and foot surgery. Mm-hmm. So I was meditating. My legs had gotten a bit of numb from sitting so long. Sure. And then by the time I got my camper's backpack on, which was full camping gear, um, the second officer told me I had to stay. And I saw people getting arrested and said, "Sir, that." first officer told me I could go. So I walked through the line, and I had four officers. They grabbed each of my limbs. No. Took me behind the, um, you know, covered the area, and I had eight officers on me. Jeez. They, um, my glasses had a paper clip in it holding it together, and he said that, bit, that I was trying to bite him. 
And so um, they broke my glasses. I was, they broke or dislocated every bone in my body while I was there, used mm-hmm. razor blades to cut off my uh, backpack and my computer. And it, it's really funny because I've been able to travel the country for two years and be fine with my computer, my video camera, my cell phone, my money, my body. But no, coming to D.C. over family rights issue, you know, child protective services, an epidemic the way that they're stealing children. So let me guess, you got a an assault on a police officer charge? Well, uh, the one in March, never, you know, that one they dismissed to misrepre- misrepresented the third and got me to plead guilty, but I got out. Um, on the 4th of July, I was at the Smokin' concert over at uh, Lincoln Memorial. And um, I was talking to the officers because they had come up onto two guys that were, you know, innocently sitting on their picnic blanket enjoying a summer day, Independence Day. And when those cops swooped down on them, I, you know, got my video camera and went over there and told them that what they were doing was pretty unrespectable to the Constitution. Independence Days. These boys were doing nothing but enjoying their own peace in their own space. So whether or not you saw police as pr- protectors in the past, do you see police as your protectors today? Well, there were five officers at the whole concert scene until the officer grabbed my arm. He walked me about 10 feet and then slammed me to the ground. He never told me that I was under arrest. He never tried putting the handcuffs on me. He never called another officer in. Jeez. They, they were on me for about five minutes and, you know, tag team officers. Um, I believe I saw that video. It, this is the one. This was at uh, Lafayette Park in front of the White House, correct? No, it's done at Lincoln Memorial 23rd and Constitution. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, there's a few videos up there. Um, Fourth of July, smoke and concert, Washington, D.C., police brutality. Loa, you could link to those videos and put them at freetalklive.com. People can see them, uh, you know, vote them up, and uh, lots of folks will get to see them, so it'll get them some more views. Okay. I appreciate the call, 855-450-3733. Let's go to, I think it's Chris in Michigan. Chris? Yeah, you guys got me? Yep. All right, um... Kind of a question for Adam here. I know you have a lot of calls, but we're trying to make this quick. Um, all right, hold on. Here. All right, sorry about that. I take you off speaker. Anyways, um, I'm a veteran for Iraq, uh, the Iraq War, OIF three between 05 and 06. Uh, Army veteran as a scout. I uh, what was over there? There was a particular situation where I uh, we got hit by a roadside bomb, and I jumped down on the Cadillacs to go out the sights on my uh, Bradley and. Uh, supposedly, I was supposed to know what the vehicle was to shoot, and uh, completely spaced on it. I looked at it. I wasn't entirely sure that was who was the trigger man of the roadside bomb, so I helped my, uh, helped my fire didn't shoot. And uh, when I did that, uh, and then I'm shooting him, I caught a ton of flax that with my units. The next couple months, I was still over there. And uh, I was like, every night, I'd come back from missions or whatever, you know. Couldn't even sit with your comrades, your buddies. Couldn't even sit down with them. To watch a movie in the tent that first uh, send you... Over to your cot, sit by yourself and all that. That really messed me a lot. And, uh, well, we went for mid tour leave. And uh, when I ended up going AWOL, I never returned Chris, back. Chris, just Bobby hold the line. Chris, hold the line here. Yeah. And we're going to get back to you. I'd love to hear the rest of the story. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. 
My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here. The live Tuesday night edition with Mark and Derek J. And Adam Gogesh. Check out amp.freetalklive.com. And the AMP program is a program where you can, uh, well, you can get some benefits uh, like, well, for instance, a commercial-free podcast, uh, the Amplifier call-in line. We've got uh, somebody, as a matter of fact, I believe Chris is holding on the Amplifier call-in line now. It's amp.freetalklive.com. We use the money to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Matter of fact, with uh, being on, I believe it's day 34. Five of the Ian is thirty-five of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. You know we can uh, use those funds all the more. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Chris in Michigan. Chris, hello, Chris. Do I have the wrong? Wait, wait, Chris. Yeah, I'm gonna put him on hold. Let's go. We actually um, had Gail had a hold issue here earlier, and let's uh, go back to Gail's call. Gail? Yep. What's going on? Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Um, well, I also wanted to say that um, I only started watching the Adam vs. the Man show in the last couple weeks of it, and I was really, really let down when it decided to not air anymore. So oh, I'm sorry. Well, it'll it'll be next the next week or two. That's, that's all I can say for now, but... Uh, It'll be in a daily I know production a lot of format. Are very happy about that. <laughs> well, they they weren't going to shut me up as easily as that. You know, uh, you know, and I'm I'm really grateful to have the opportunity uh, here to be on on Free Talk Live. Thanks to Ian's great work and his civil disobedience that got him in jail for up to ninety days. So we still had John. Oh. Well, speaking of civil disobedience, do you guys have any thoughts on the Occupy Wall Street? I, don't know I, I heard that the FBI has now issued a warning saying that they're suspecting terrorist activities and they're warning businesses and, and people in the area to be on the watch for that. This is the so, demonstration coming up on the 17th hosted by the admin and um, some uh, – I forget the other group that's behind this. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a protest I, I would support. I don't have – I don't think it's going to be particularly – Unique as far as protests go. I mean, I, I you know I, I love protesting. I've put protest. I've organized protests. I've attended protests. But uh, I think it's very important to have a understanding and an expectation of what they do, what they are, and what they are capable of. And I, I think the best kind of protest is when you have a really massive public sentiment that is somehow being denied by the rest of society. And you're saying it's time to show our numbers. It's time to be a community and and have that strength in numbers demonstrated in a very public it's way or if you have a specific point to make and uh you know i i don't really know enough about this particular protest i definitely support the cause and i know they're they're doing some interesting stuff with it but i don't know anything about it yeah i well i don't th- I, it's not like they're convincing people that bankers are bad for america you know we've kind of already won that debate gail 
Well, there, it, um, I, I kind of see it like the, the whole sit-in concept, going back to just drawing attention to the fact that, you know, it's not right, things are being done, people are being used in ways that just we're not going to stand for anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's absolutely going to be a worthwhile effort. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be, to be see what seeing, seeing in, what, what yeah, what, com- what comes out of it. I've seen a lot of protests here in uh, New Hampshire. They don't, they don't tend to turn out a lot, but you do have to get the public on your side in order to have a civil resistance type movement that works. So, uh, good luck with that, Gail. Let's go back and see if we can try Chris in Michigan again. Chris, Chris, let's see. Put him back on hold here. Let's go to Ryan in San Jose. Ryan? Hey, hello? What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Um, Adam, I'm sorry to hear. I just heard actually on the on the air right now that your show is no more. Is that correct? That's, well, it is uh, in exile. It is in exile <laughs> in the Shire. It is not this on is, RT. This is Adam versus the man slash free talk live tonight. <laughs> for And for the next two nights, very excited to, to have the opportunity to co-host free talk live yep. for, for four nights this week. But uh, we, well, we could say we're on hiatus. Okay. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that. Actually, it's I was one of the first one of the first things I would definitely want to say is that it's very inspiring to see your whole progress. You know, from coming from actually seeing the military, I guess going into the military, seeing the military industrial complex, and then coming back and progressing to actually get on media. I think it's actually quite inspiring to a lot of people. Well, I, funny for me, I you know I just started. I, I just last night I was talking about this uh, with someone here that I went from being. Uh, a veteran anti-war activist to well basically seeing that we won the public debate on whether or not the war in Iraq was a good idea and then it kept going and it still continues with contractors replacing troops that right. are being withdrawn, withdrawn every day and replacing them yeah. with contractors and and thinking well okay we we won that debate what is the disconnect and going well there's obviously some bigger disconnect between the people and the government and then realizing that that disconnect is is sort of inherent in the nature of government and going from wanting to run for office and that being my main thrust to being a, a, to going to addressing the root social understanding that allows statism to exist in the first place and somehow stumbling backwards into television and you know getting my my 15 minutes of fame there but it's kind of exciting to see that in, in this day and age you know even a guy like me can get a, a legitimate television show and uh and 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 I'm I'm going to be staying in that. I, I mean I'm I'm loving being uh, a, a part of the media. I hate the term journalist because the whole modern you're school not really of, a journalist. No. You're a commentator. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, blowhard, blowhard, okay. please. But the 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 school of journalism seems to have been concocted to give credibility to propaganda, and in and of itself is kind of a deceptive term that way. I'm a propagandist for liberty. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like I'm not gonna. I, I think that it's uh, you know the, the the when people call in and call me a journalist. Whoa, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not pretending to be objective. You can I call me Gonzo, maybe. I'll ask some people some questions and stuff. But I whoa, not journalism. <laughs> I'm not uncovering anything here. So Ryan, uh, any other points? Yeah, actually, that kind of brings me to my I guess my initial point um, is really the I guess the media itself. The I'm sure you guys have been. Ta- I haven't listened to the show, so I got onto the air. Um, but I'm sure you guys have been frustrated first, and then even talking about the debate. Um, I'm a Ron Paul advocate. I mean, I've been basically a fanatic. I mean, almost like borderline crazy. Watching these, you know, just getting educated. It's just funny how, as you go up through a system of propaganda, not knowing it, you take it as truth. And then you see somebody try to shatter that, and I can get why people have a hard time transitioning. But right. like, you, like Adam, you like just want again to say is, like you said, it's obvious bankers are bankers, 
you know, and that's been around since like the 1800. Get off my land, banker. You know, what I mean, that's been around <laughs> forever. And it just seems like it's always history repeats itself. And you go, well, then we need to teach people history. But then it seems like there's even more of an uphill battle besides that. It's really you're fighting a psyop every single day. No, no, it's and- better than that. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't let you, I can't let you move on from that. I got to say because really. What, what is happening is, is humanity is evolving. Having gone from the point where we were so disempowered, so frightened in that state of nature, that state of not constant fear, but that state of, uh, of, of such ignorance compared to where we are today, where anybody could come up, the alpha male of society could come up and, and bully you into, say, into submission and say, okay, fine, I'll do what you say. I'll go along with it because I don't know better because I can be scared into it. And the more we're empowered by technology, by our own ability to, to, to support ourselves, I mean, I, I made a, when, I, when I spoke at Liberty Fest on, on Saturday, I, I got to go, really get into it and make this point that, you know, as, as technology increases, uh, our ability to to feed ourselves and house ourselves and clothe ourselves and provide for the basic biological necessities and provide for healthcare those things that we need so to speak uh, gets better and better and better you you'll only have to work you know imagine to the point where you, we, the work week shouldn't be getting longer it should be getting shorter and eventually it's going to get to the point and look at the exponential growth curve of productivity because of technology it's going to get to the point where you can support an entire family on an hour of labor a week and have a house and food yep. and clothing and all that and it's not because of the government this it's is absolutely it's, a true statement. it's not because of socialism it's, it's not because of communism it's because of freedom it's and, and technology and the natural progress of humanity and what comes along with that empowerment is understanding and comprehension and if you you can have the rest of the week available, freed up to be empowered and learn about the world. You're never going to fall for this crap again. You're never going to fall for the alpha males of society saying you have to be bullied into supporting some government system. That empowerment, that is what is going to free humanity. And I, I just have to put that optimistic spin on that. Ryan, thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI line. Free Talk Live. Oh, Free Talk Live. Well, I'd give you the telephone number, but where our lines are full up. <laughs> if you found out that all the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in your lifetime, would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. It's right here in New Hampshire. Come on down. That's what Ian Freeman wants you to do, and that's what he begged for when he, with his incarceration. What can you do for him? You can move to New Hampshire. Freestateproject.org. <laughs> Okay, so this technical difficulty was my fault. And uh, let's go to Chris. Now, Chris was calling because he was in the Army. He was in Iraq with a scout unit and was in an incident where he was expected to fire but didn't have what we called positive identification on a target and then was catching some flack from his unit and his fellow soldiers for having not just doing what we call spraying and praying, which is technically a violation not only of, of the UCMJ, but really of uh, the rules of engagement that you're specifically directed to follow when in Iraq. And I'm really glad we got Chris back on to hear what that reaction from his unit was and how he reacted to it. Chris? Yeah, that's, yep, that, that's pretty much just what uh, happened. So uh, I was still I was still deployed for a couple more months yet after that incident uh, before I had mid-tour leave where I could go home for a little bit. And... Uh, 
the whole time I was there for a couple months, I mean, you get to the point you come back from a mission and, you know, I want to would try to put on a movie or something like that, kind of relax, and you'd be gone for two, three days at a time. Uh, we were in between borders, so it was kind of a long, uh, long patrol every time. And uh, when we'd get back, they would pretty much just send me away. I'd have to go through my cot or else because they, they wouldn't even deal with me at all. So I expected to perform on my missions, and this has happened. And this just wasn't my you know, my immediate period. It's also some of my sergeants and whatnot, my, uh, my first line even. And uh, so when I went to a leave, and uh, I ended up pretty much breaking down during mid-tour leave, and I couldn't go back to base. I still have another four months of that when I came back. So I, uh, I ended up staying back, and I eventually got in touch with uh, one of the recruiters nearby because I didn't want to, I was going able to get, and uh, he got me in touch with the rear, rear detachment back and forth person. So I went to a rear detachment, and um, you know, that's a lot of the guys that were, a lot of times they got, you know, people like that got banged up wherever they went back and took care of things back on the home front. And I had to deal with that. And for the most part, I got along with them just fine. Uh, however, there was an incident where uh, I did run into some slack from some of the guys that came back. That I, one of the guys that got wounded over there and came back and told everyone what happened. And I caught more slack when he came back. So I ended up going AWOL at that point. And eventually desertion because it was over 30 days. I was gone mm. for a couple months before I got picked up on a, for an out taillight and a Spent about a, about a month counting jail before they came and picked me up, and then I really caught flack when I got back. Um, yeah, that's not the way. Let me hold on. Let me just let me just interject, if I may. That this is not the way to do it. And for any active duty military or anybody who's a wall at the moment who might be listening to this, there are legal resources. There are proper ways to do this. There is a smoother way, and I'm sure Chris has, has learned this and has kicked himself. In, in hindsight now for having not gone through this in, in, in a slightly more orderly process because there are ways to get out of your service. There are, and there, there are some tricks. There are some, you go AWOL and make it stay 30 for desertion and then you come back in a certain way. But really, uh, if, if you are in a situation like this, let me just say that you owe it to yourself to do the research. Call an expert. There's the GI rights hotline. There are lots of other resources out there. There's uh, lawyers serving warriors. Uh, make sure that you have explored the alternatives because there is a, no matter what situation you are in, there is a proper way to do it. And then there's, no offense, Chris, getting your getting pulled over for a taillight and getting having to sit in jail for a month and then go through all that crap that I'm sure you, you endured is, is not the smoothest way to answer yeah. the call to conscience that you felt. Yeah, and I'm sure you know, our, you know, field grade Article 15, which knocks, reduced all my ranks back down to E1, one mm-hmm. day and 45 days of extra duty. Um, and so then it's and then it's happened. like and then it's like a criminal record almost. Whereas instead you could have had just a bad discharge. Yeah, well, fortunately, actually serving my forty-five days for duty uh, and working with the hospital uh, that was there for because uh, they obviously they put me in for all sorts. I have to figure out why when they all for PTSD and stuff like that. They eventually gave me an honorable discharge. Oh, out there. well, congratulations. I wish I I wish I'd known about those resources when I was gone. I did yep. one gag at her, but uh, that captain was—he just told me basically that you know I screwed up and I deserve whatever summon the man. Chris, um, I, I appreciate so, the call. I can't, I can't handle the phone anymore. It's just uh, breaking up so bad. It's uh, a little tough there. Yeah, but a very, very, very important point. Very important point. Yep. If there are people who feel that call to conscience in the military. Get the get the resources and, and and do it right and and answer your call to conscience, but don't don't make yourself suffer unnecessarily because you feel that. Let's go to Keith in New Hampshire. Keith, hey man, how you doing? All's well. All right, so you know I've traveled, or maybe you don't, but I've traveled thirty one states just this summer, and there's been some really beautiful areas I've been. But I just 
got back to New Hampshire, and I'm loving it here, and I just saw this new report by the census. And, you know, the census has this great report, and, well, it's actually really bad news for everyone pretty much outside of New Hampshire. It says the um, poverty rate just went up again. In 2009, it was 14.3%, and now it's 15.1%. But then again, New Hampshire has the lowest um, poverty rate in the country again. And it's gone down. Uh, just in the last year. Well, wow. Freedom is bad for poverty. Imagine that. <laughs> yep. It's great news. Keith, Thanks for th- sharing. Yeah, thank thank you for calling in and sharing on that one because that's uh, that's good stuff. Ed, quick, quick. Hey, how y'all doing? All's well. Hey, Mark, I got to give you this quote. Uh, I tell my children in our hearts we are liars, and the person we lie to the most is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very interesting. And, uh, hey, also, uh, about this 9-11 conspiracy theory stuff, you know, I say, what difference does it make? Look at the war on drugs. You're talking about something that shreds the Constitution for, what, 40, 50 years? And and look what it does. I got a red article today. The police have killed 2,000 American, I'm wearing this, police killed 2,000 American human beings in two years just arresting them. And people are going to freak out on 9-11. I mean, I know that's tragic, 3,000 people. But, but just think about what goes on with the war on drugs. It's, it's all a good point, Ed. And most, right. most 9-11 truthers I know who freak out over 9-11 truth also freak out over the drug war, to give them credit. But uh, I, I know we've only got a few minutes left and still a lot of colors on the line. I just want to say, if people want to, please, this is, this is the time to, to, to point out. Call in tomorrow at 7 p.m., yeah, not at 9.30. <laughs> that is the best way to get on. Let's go to Joe in Florida. Joe, quick, quick. Yeah, hello. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to ask you, my friend wanted me to ask you, do you like, do you prefer general CDs or do you prefer old-fashioned tapes? <laughs> I don't have a preference. I think that uh, I think that now MP3s are yeah, the way to go MP3s. with the jump drive. MP3s. MP3. It's yep. 2011. Thanks. Yeah. What's what? the C- CDs? <laughs> Let's go to Tommy in Glasgow. Tommy? Yeah, hi, guys. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, a long time not speak. Hopefully you're all doing well. That sounds like a great project uh, that you're doing over there. I'd be interested in maybe coming over and hooking up with you guys. You can sign up at Free Talk Live, or excuse me, freestateproject.org. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch. It sounds good because, you know, when you analyze what is happening in the world just now, there's so much disunity, there's so much fragmentation, there's so much bickering and fighting over such small, trivial things. What people have to do is analyse that we're all the same. You know, white, brown, yellow, black, whatever religion, whatever background, we're all the same. There's the, the only dividing force that is left there for us to conquer is that less than 1% of the population of the world control 95% of the resources, and the rest of the 99% of the people, we have to collectivise ourselves like nothing else and save it for our children or our children's children because there will be nothing left of this planet if we do not collectivise ourselves in a group and stay not in our name, not in our children's name and stop killing the planet and stop treating us like children, stop treating us like animals. We are a people who deserve to have our rights and not be everything stolen. They have stolen everything. They are arsonists. They have destroyed <laughs> Tommy, the economies of the thanks world. Thanks for the call. i got to go to the next guy. Appreciate here, it. Here, Tommy. Move to Keen. I want you to be my neighbor. He oh, so many cans of worms open another, with that whoops, too. Oh, shoot. I just dropped 
Captain Ned. Darn it. <laughs> I was trying to go to him. Let's go to the unstream caller here. Hello. Free Talk Live. You're on the air. I'm on the air? Yes. Uh, That's how we call yeah. it in Radio Land. Wow. I'm very impressed. Okay, we're well, not. That's it. <laughs> it's my fault for pushing the wrong button. What can I tell you? Eight five. Uh, what am I giving out the telephone number for? Adam, thank you for sitting in uh, with me. <laughs> you know, I know it's going to be two more nights. If folks want to talk to Adam from Kokesh from Adam versus the Man, you can call in Monday or excuse me uh, tomorrow at well, seven p.m. Eastern. And Derek, thanks for sitting in. My pleasure as always. And folks, he'll be back next Tuesday. I will be back Tuesday. Drive safe out there, folks. It's uh, been Mark with you for Free Talk Live. And it is day 34 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up. 